This episode is brought to you in part by The Good Book Company, publisher of Does the Bible Affirm Same-Sex Relationships? by Rebecca McLaughlin, a book that examines 10 claims about the Bible's view of sexuality. Go to thegoodbook.com slash sexualethics to receive 25% off with code CT25. From Christianity Today, this is The Art of Pastoring. I'm Jared Wilson. And I'm Ronnie Martin. Guide me, O Thou Great Jehovah, pilgrim through this barren land. Ronnie Martin, how are you, brother? Hey, what's going on, Jared C? Hey, you know what? Together, we're pretty Christmassy. We we are a couple of Christmassy gents. There's no doubt about well, that. I'm, I'm only saying that because you have on red flannel. Yeah. It's like plaid, black and red flannel. And I have on green I know. flannel. So together, we're just a couple of Christmas bros. C- a couple of Christmas twins. Even though we are now post-Christmas, we are, na- we, are now, <laughs> we are now into the new year. We only can look back on Christmas 2020, COVID Christmas, whatever everybody's calling it. And so, yeah. man, we're here to talk about what it feels like now to enter just the new year after the year that we've had. And how how we can think about this rightly, hopefully, and with some encouragement, because it's a weird thing to enter a new year. Like if you're like me, I'm like everybody else, right? I always think I get to reset, I get to hit that magic button, and I enter the new year, and all the stuff and all the bad habits and all the things I want to change, it's all going to change on January 1st because it's a blank, clean slate, and yet... I'm thinking about the way it is and the way it's been over the last year. And I think it's not going to be quite like that, or it hasn't been like that in these last few days for us mentally. Where does your head go with that? Where is it at today in in 21? Well, I thought we had decided we weren't going to do any more downer episodes. And here you are saying, oh man, it's not a blank slate, that it's just going to be more of the same. (sighs) We have a prediction here from. And I was trying to, I brought up the Christmas matching because I want to keep Christmas going, man, because of 2020. (laughs) So I'm going to be the the sympathetic voice on this episode and you're just Captain Bringdown. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to, you know, I I don't know, you know. Usually it's the other way around. It is the other way around. I know. (laughs) Usually I'm the cynical one and you're positive. I mean, cynicism (laughs) is just such a bad look for the Christian, isn't it? So, you know. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It's not as if. The Lord goes, oh, it's December 31st. Guess I'll stop doing that, mm. you know, <laughs> as yeah. if there's some magical line. That would be a concern that probably both of us have that yeah. there are pastors who you can't change the course of time and you can't change what the Lord has willed, but you may want to try to force a mood on your church, maybe. Yeah. Hey, it's 2021, everybody. Right. <laughs> Glad that one's behind us. <laughs> Meanwhile... There are still people struggling yeah. financially, still people struggling health-wise, and with just maybe the emotional angst and disappointment of holidays not spent with loved ones or yeah, for sure. You know, who knows what, all, all kinds of things, or, or just the residual doldrums from being stuck in the house for most of the year. Yeah. 
And there's, I, I guarantee you, just like on a previous episode, we talked about pastors not feeling it. I, I guarantee you there's a lot of churchgoers going into 2021 who are just not feeling it. And if a pastor gets up and starts doing his rah-rah, hey, everybody, you know, <laughs> glad to have you back. We're starting a fresh start, Vision 2021. It's going to sound really tone deaf. Yeah, it's really hollow. Oh, it's totally. And, you know, it's so funny because I wonder – New Year's Day and New Year's, I, I mean, there, there's something just, there's something cultural about that for us to where we, we have this expectation of everything being new and yeah. um, beginning again. And I wonder if the Lord isn't doing something unique, is going to do something unique in our churches with our pastors in the sense that we're entering it exactly the way he knew we were going to be entering this year. And I wonder if just that lack of triumphalism is actually, in some ways, it could be just a healthier, more grounded way for us to enter 21. Again, as a way, like what you just said was so good, because you just described like, hey, we have to be empathetic, you know, just because it's January 1st doesn't mean it's so different. You know, there are financial, physical, emotional, there's implications all across the board. And are, are we are we coming into this more prepared, better prepared for that than we ever have been? Maybe. Yeah, you use the word grounded. I think that that's the sweet spot, right? Because just as it would be tone deaf, I think for pastors to be bouncing off the wall coming into twenty twenty one, acting like twenty twenty either never happened or is completely over with. Everything that happened is completely done. We're starting over. Let's create the illusion of we can make it happen this year or, or yeah. whatever it is. Just as as that is tone deaf, I think the the opposite error of coming in, really just hanging your head without any sense of hope, without any sense of optimism, without any sense of joy, we have the best news ever. We are people who are made by the good news, and it really is good. Christ really is risen. He really is sovereign. He really is king. And so I think it's just that it's the kind of opposite. I think grounded is good because it means like, I certainly don't want to show up on Sunday morning, the first Sunday after January 1st, and my pastor be acting like Tigger up, up on stage, <laughs> but I don't want him looking like, I don't want, I don't want him to be acting like Eeyore either, right? Yeah, you right. know. So somewhere, I don't know who who's there, if it's Pooh in the middle or Piglet <laughs> or, or what, but just a sense of even-keeled, reasonable, mm joyful, grounded optimism is good. I think that's kind of where pastors ought to be ought to be aiming. Don't be trying to prop up some kind of yeah. illusion for the year or push people beyond what they're ignoring what they're feeling, I guess. But at the same time, I don't think we need to to camp out and throw a pity party for ourselves either. Yeah. Right. I think somewhere in that in that reasonableness, biblical reasonableness is probably a good, <laughs> a good theme for the new year. Maybe you're describing like a, yeah, you're describing a mind. I mean, nobody gets in know? shape with a, Hey man, grounded reasonableness. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> well, but, I think too, I, I wonder too, as you said that this grounded reasonableness, it kind of strikes me as a way to what an opportunity. If we're speaking about pastors primarily here, like what an opportunity for them to, in a sense, because people are thinking in terms of reshifting and resetting and what are the possibilities this year, I think that there's a way to speak about these things maybe in an incredibly unique and hopeful way that doesn't allow us to simply act like the past. Like you said this in the beginning, that the past never happened. And I think if we, if we set our minds to 
I think entering that space with congregations and with people, I think it allows us to create, gosh, for lack of a better word, it allows us to create a vision for 21 where there is a level of expectancy and hope more than just literally being able to push it into Here's some of the things we can do, guys. We need to practice our spiritual disciplines. You need to get on a Bible reading plan. I mean, all these good things that that a lot of churches should promote, do promote. But I think we kind of stand back and we go, yes, those things are important, but we are waiting on God. We've been waiting on God in 2020. He has put us in a place where we've had to stop and pause and ask the questions of what he's doing. And we enter 21 in the same place and I think it's a, it's a really unique thing to say, hey, our faith has been challenged. And as we enter the new year, that's going to continue at a rate and at a pace that only is known to God, but is not something that is unknown to God in that he, he wants that, that work to continue to happen in us. That should be something that's hopeful, I think, for yeah. us as we communicate to people. If we, if we do it in the right tone, like you said, it feels like that's, that's the right sort of positioning and grounding. I learned recently, you you and Melissa, you adopt a word, right? For yeah. each each year. Dude, yes. What, what was 2020's word? Oh, explore. it's so embarrassing. It was explore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys really had your finger on the pulse. Oh, we did. What's going on. But yeah. And, and what's 2021's word? Embrace. Okay. Now explain what, why, how you came up with embrace. And where where you're taking that? What does that mean for 2021? Well, yeah, I think a lot of the conversations we've had have been centered around what do we do with our disappointment and what do we do with our expectations? And, and a lot of it is because we put our expectations at this place that they shouldn't be and sort of they become a functional savior for us. They become our, our life and our hope, hoping that we're going to be in this place or get to do these certain things. And then when it doesn't happen, your, your, your hopes are dashed. And so I think our word, the reason why we picked the word embrace, besides it being ridiculous and cheesy, is uh, that <laughs> I, I just feel like if we can embrace what God has given us and to say, hey, we're going to live lives now that, again, it doesn't mean we don't plan. It doesn't mean we don't hope for things. But it also doesn't mean that we're holding on to those things and have a grip around those things to the degree that they're actually controlling us. But we just say, hey, whatever God brings us, we're going to receive it with as much joy as we can, that we're going to pray for that joy. We're going to pray for increased trust in Him. And we've learned to do that. I I mean, this year has taught us better than ever to do that with all the canceled plans and all of that. You know, so our holidays were, you know, none of our family was able to come out for the holidays. Everybody canceled. It still was something that we enjoyed. We were still blessed, but we had to embrace it. And there was something in the embracing that was very freeing for us. And we really felt like God's grace in in some tangible ways that we hadn't before. And so that's why why we picked that that word. And it was another E word too, which it matters if you're all about alliteration. (laughs) Does it have to be an E word every year? I don't know. I mean, it just felt like it was supposed to be this year. I told it to Melissa, she rolled her (laughs) eyes and she said, okay. And then over the next week, I proceeded to use that word like 57 times a day. And she looked at me at some point and said, okay, we need to stop. I get it. That's the word, you know? So there we are. Well, I think it's a good word. I think it's a good word for all of us as well. To embrace means that we don't begrudge. Mm. So I don't think it necessarily has to mean, and I don't know, I don't think y'all mean it this way, that you necessarily enjoy 
everything that comes your way, what might come this way in 2021, just like we didn't enjoy everything that came in 2020, or even say that it's a good thing, but to lean into it. Well, what does God have to yeah. say to us? Through, I think that's the that's the right kind of embrace is to just say, not my will, but yours be done. That's a kind of embrace. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Preaching Today. Are you tired of chasing down quality sermon illustrations? Need fresh ideas for helping your message connect? Each week, Preaching Today adds fresh content to our database of over 14,000 editor-screened illustrations. Quickly find the right story that will bring your message to life and help your people move closer to God. Get started today at preachingtoday.com. How about some encouragement? Why don't we go back and forth here and just kind of offer yeah. some encouragement to pastors, maybe one or two things. What would be one thing that you would say to pastors to keep in mind, or how would you encourage them going into this new year? I just had a conversation before our talk with a pastor who's in more of an associate role, and he just was struggling going into the new year. He's in one of these churches where they're, they're movers and shakers, right? And they do a lot, and they do a lot of great things. For him to sort of pull back and be okay with pulling back has been incredibly difficult for him. To the best of my ability, which I, I don't know, I don't know how, how great a job I did at it, but my encouragement to him was just to, to live out our call as shepherds. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd is not always running after sheep, but a shepherd a lot of time is, is standing there just watching the sheep and watching them graze and making sure that they're having some sense of, of oversight but but also not running himself ragged because he he has them within the the fences and the markers that he's created for them and so there's there's a sense with shepherding and and with pastoral ministry where we I think a lot of guys have felt like man I I gotta be busy I gotta find something to do I gotta justify my paycheck I'm afraid that people don't think I'm working because you know we're not doing services on the weekend and I gotta prove my worth you don't have to do that actually because a shepherd isn't just running at one speed. And to remember that God has given us different paces for different seasons of our life. And if we allow ourselves to slow down when he slowed us down and be okay about that and not worry about what other people are thinking about that, but be faithful with the pace that he's given us in that moment, I think it can be a really valuable time to maybe start off the year slower, more thoughtful, more reflective than we would thinking, man, I got to hit the ground running on January 1. And just think of the kind of health spiritual, emotional health that that might be contributing to if we kind of have that mindset right here at the beginning of, of January. So I, that, that's one thing that, that's been dawning on me as I've been talking to some people. What about you? What do you think? I think something that happened early, so spring of 2020, when all this stuff started going down and we had the shutdowns and people having to go on, online and all that sort of thing, and pastors were just they were pushing themselves so hard. You know this. Yeah. They were having to l lean on gifts they don't necessarily have or at least don't normally use and figure out how to do different things that they've never done before, but also just adjust pastoring in a in the middle of a pandemic and, and all that sort of thing. And guys were like on the verge of burnout. They were mm -hmm. just running so hard, sincerely, and not a good reason. I, you know, I'm not saying it was wrong for anybody to do that. But I think they kind of got overspent 
Yeah. And then especially once we realized this wasn't going to go away anytime soon. And my concern coming into 2021 is we don't know really when this is going to end. We have, you know, the vaccine now, which is great. We can sense that there's a horizon that we're going to cross, but it still could be another few months before we're on the other side of this thing. And if there is such a thing as as normal, can go back to normal. So my fear is that guys are going to go right back into the, all right, it's here. Yeah, for And sure. start pushing, pushing, pushing. That combined with the new year and wanting to just be done with the last year and wanting to start over and reset. So my concern is that guys don't pace themselves. My encouragement to pastors listening would be not to take it easy in the sense of being lazy, but to really be still, to steady yourself, to walk at a sustainable pace. And I also think this is a huge pastoral need right now because people are coming into this year beat up, tired, Mm -hmm. worn out, and certainly they need cheerleading, they need encouragement, they need, in the right sense, exhortation and pushing and that sort of thing. But the charge of the pastor is to comfort God's people, to speak tenderly to them, to tell them their warfare is over, their iniquity is pardoned. When Christ has people come to him who are weary and heavy laden, he doesn't give them busy work. He doesn't say, come on, you know, pick up the pace. Yeah. He gives them rest. And I think against a lot of instincts, leadership instincts, to turn this year into some kind of let's turn it up to 11 and crank the fog machine back up and get, you know, let's just pretend like it never happened, everybody. Right. This this probably ought to be a year of deep rest and reflection. 2020 put us in our place. We're not as big as we thought we were. We're not as strong and smart as we thought we were. We got a very vivid glimpse of our place mm. in the midst of God's glory and his His might. And then just the power of nature and the curse. We felt the curse in 2020 oh, yeah. on multiple levels, political, yeah. uh, cultural, health. And so 2021, I think, should be a time for us. If we're going to reset, we should think in terms of renewal yeah, I think yeah, you good know, word. personal renewal. Like, how do I really reset my heart on the good news and the goodness of Jesus? I think that would kind of be, yeah, just kind of to slow down, focus on renewal more so than some kind of second push up up the hill. Maybe I think that's one of the things that worries me is that there's probably. In fact, for some of our listeners, and sometimes I think we are wired to think this way, which is I've lost something, so I need to make up for it. So 2020 yeah. now is this this year I didn't get to accomplish what I wanted to, so I'm going to double down. As soon as everything's normal, we can start gathering week to week. The budget's going to get leveled out. Everybody's going to be back together. So let's double down and let's make up for lost time. That always bothers me when I when I have conversations like that with some guys because I just, in a sense... It's acting like God sort of took a misstep in 2020, and this hasn't been something that has been sovereignly purposed by God um, for churches, in, in our case, which we're specifically talking about, as a way to say, no, maybe I want you to think through how you do ministry. Maybe I do want you to have a different pace. Maybe I'm trying to get pastors back to this place where they're not so frantic and they actually have a minute to listen to what it is that I'm trying to speak to them through my word and and to process a little slower and to not go through the paces in the way that the world does, which is just accomplish, accomplish, accomplish. 
Because again, pastoral ministry is strange in what it accomplishes and what it can never accomplish, right? I, I mean, in that sense, it's like we, we don't accomplish much and it's hard to measure what we do accomplish. That's why we're so program heavy in a lot of our churches because we want to have something we can measure. And yet I wonder if God is just saying, I'm not super stoked with that American mindset <laughs> of, 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 the way, of the way you guys have been, been doing the church that I've built. Why don't we get back to thinking of this thing a little more with the model of how Jesus operated when he was doing his ministry, his pastoral ministry. Yeah, so there's almost like a cautionary thing there that just says, man, what will you do different because of 2020? And what will you never go back to doing again? Because Mm -hmm. 2020 wiped it out and you can kind of stand back and go, that's funny, nobody misses this. That's funny, no (laughs) one's said a word about this. Nobody seems to care that we haven't been able to do this one particular thing. So it's like, well, okay, but... You keep talking about going back to that or restarting that. Why would you? Maybe it's maybe it's the time to let some things go, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that. About actually, there's some guys in my in my cohort who had mentioned that there were programs. I've got a few guys that are just like two, three years into their pastorate. There's things they're trying to figure out, like how do I kill that, you know, kill that program, right? <laughs> and when the shutdown happened. It stopped, and they were fingers crossed that they don't. That it doesn't have to stop. It'll just die out of neglect. I, I hadn't thought about that since he just mentioned that, but I think that's probably a good, a good word. Hey, what are some some resources maybe you would recommend? Let's uh, you and I recommend a few books that that we've read that are helpful to us along the lines of personal renewal, spiritual renewal, and just developing a pastor's heart as well that we think might serve pastors well coming into the new year yeah there's gosh i might let you go first because i always need a minute okay. to think and maybe that's why you pivoted to me because you needed a <laughs> chance to think about that yeah um I, this is just proof we don't plan this stuff ahead of time yeah no yeah this I is mean, literally like, just a conversation we, there's no script here <laughs> yeah we, we don't like to be over scripted that that would be yeah that would be, at least be the ronnie Mark i'll go way. first you want me to go first and maybe yeah, you it'll, go, it'll you go first it'll yeah. spark something for you so i've got a few we both loved Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland yes. last year. It made nearly everybody's best of list. Yeah. And if it didn't make somebody's list, it's probably because they didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I would recommend that book. Drink it slow and steady for any pastor this this coming year. I would recommend The Emotionally Healthy Leader by Pete Scazzaro. I know, I know you're familiar with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I would recommend Richard Lovelace's book, oh, yeah. Dynamics of Spiritual Life. I saw you reading um, that one, yeah. Yeah, this is my second time through. I read it several years ago, and there's things I just don't remember. I think I read it too quickly. I just was trying to get through or something. Right. But this time I'm reading it more slowly, and oh gosh, it's so good on the levels of renewal and revival and how it comes about and how pastors can actually serve that end. So it talks a lot about pastoral ministry, but also congregational renewal, cultural renewal on the on the missional level, that kind of thing. And just a really helpful book to understand mm. how the Holy Spirit works to revive our hearts. I think that would be a book. And then maybe something like Dallas Willard's The Divine Conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. You know, all these books I'm naming aren't short. They're not necessarily easy reads. Gentle and Lowly is probably the, the easiest in the sense of— For sure, yeah. It's, it's, not real te- it's not real technical or anything like that. And so I think I'd recommend also The Divine Conspiracy by Willard. Each of these books is 
pretty big. You'd have to read it pretty slowly. And I think that's good. That's kind of what yeah. I'd be aiming for, for a pastor. Take something and just bite-size every day, start working through it and and thinking about it and seeing how it, it might impact your own Christian life and ministry. All right. Anything stir up for you? What are some? One book that I, I felt was really in, t- in terms of talking about paths of power. And I think we've seen in 2020 that we're thinking of power a little bit differently because we've been stripped of so much of it. But The Way of the Dragon or The Way of the Lamb by Jamin Goggin and Kyle Strobel, I thought was one of these really great books that, again, they talk a lot about, they interview Eugene Peterson and and Dallas Willard, and they, they, they talk about this path of Jesus and how different it is than the paths that we normally are drawn to taking in a worldly sense, but are so attractive to us. This would be a very quick read, and it's something that it's just really a captivating read. You get into it, and before you know it, you're an afternoon into it, and you're almost done with it. So I really enjoyed that book. And I really, you know, something I did, which I don't normally do because I don't love commentaries, and I've been pretty public about that, but I guess it depends who writes the commentary. And I was yeah. I, I was reading a commentary by Ray Ortland through Proverbs this year because I want yes. to learn how to preach through Proverbs. And it doesn't read like a commentary, which is why I probably love it so much. But man, what a, what a helpful book just in terms of understanding wisdom and understanding just living our lives the way that God is is literally building in us to live by the work of His Spirit. And I love the way He just talks through Proverbs. So that's something just to get into, let it marinate, and you know, maybe, maybe it triggers a sermon series or something that you do. And I think, I try to read this book about once a year because it always changes me when I read it, which is uh, Zach Eswine, The Imperfect Pastor. And yeah. I, I always mention it, and I always feel like I can't not mention it. Because I think Zach is just, he has this unique ability to really lean into almost everything we're talking about, which is sort of looking at the role of a pastor and just, again, he takes a lot from from the page of Eugene Peterson, um, but just thinking of it in terms of, hey, when we were called to be shepherds, can we just talk about what a shepherd does and just kind of settle ourselves into what that actually means instead of some of the ways we've interpreted that or we've lived that out, which don't have a ton to do with how God has called us and and the things that he has laid out for us to live into. And so I think everything you mentioned, I think these are books that are really going to be, these are books that will settle the soul of the 2021 pastor after, after 20, you know? Yeah, my uh, residents just finished reading Imperfect Pastor and just loved it. It's it's always the favorite assignment yeah. in the residency. I remember actually where I was when I read that book. I was in the tail end of my ministry of my last pastorate, but I was outside San Diego in the mountains teaching a men's retreat. And I had, you know, I taught in the morning and taught in the evening, and then I had the whole day to myself. And I would just sit by the fire pit and I was reading Zach Eswine's The Imperfect yeah. Pastor. And it's so ministered to me. It was such a seminal experience for me. I remember exactly where I was, the environment, and the impact it had. Because it's such a, for lack of a better word, a a human book. And he says that in the book. We forget that pastors are human beings. (laughs) Yeah. And, And the book that it came out of, Imperfect Pastor, is kind of a distillation of a larger book he wrote previously called Sensing Jesus. Yes, yes. The subtitle is Ministry as a Human Being or something like that. Yeah. And I just think, man, how... Obvious that is, but also radical. 
for pastors to remember that they're human beings. I know it shouldn't be such a radical thought. Yeah. And if you if you haven't read Imperfect Pastor, it really it reads like a novel in a lot of ways. That's a good word because I, I was going to say just to, just kind of put a bow on the recommendations that pastors probably read more fiction. So going into twenty twenty one, maybe make a resolution as part of your own kind of stretching and growth to read good literature. I mean, you can yeah. read silly popcorn fiction as well, genre fiction if you want to, but pick up a couple classics and for sure some literary fiction and yeah, stretch yourself and give yourself some some space to imagine and and dream. And as as always, of course, the the key to renewal is slowing down and and focusing, keeping your eyes on on Christ and his finished work. The spirit of Jesus is the source of renewal. So of course, we would point we would point pastors there. Brother, it's been great speaking with you today. Yeah, man. Good times. I appreciate it. I hope this is a a great ministry to our listeners as well. Thanks for listening to the Art of Pastoring podcast. If you're liking the show, please take a minute and give us a rating and review in iTunes. It helps other people find us. You can find Ronnie and me on Twitter at, at Ronnie J. Martin and at Jared C. Wilson. Feel free to hit us up with questions and potential topics for the show. We'd love to hear from you. The Art of Pastoring is a production of Christianity Today. It's produced by Mike Cosper, editing by Mike Cosper and Aaron Leslie, mixing by Aaron Leslie. Our theme song is Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah by Jeremy Casella. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.